Welcome to Slim and Satisfied, a podcast about weight loss for women dealing with hormonal imbalances. I'm Daphna Chazen, registered dietitian and weight loss coach, and I invite you to join me weekly for conversations, practical strategies, and resources that will lead you on the right path to feeling satisfied with your body and your life. And now, let's get to today's episode. Hey there, and welcome back to episode number 38. I'm so excited that you've joined me today. The topic that we're going to cover is appetite and mindfulness. So we're going to talk about how to gain control of your hunger and what all of this has to do with mindfulness, which is a big buzzword right now in the health and fitness world. And I want to really make the connection between how controlling your appetite, getting more in tune with your body, understanding your hunger can really make you a more mindful eater. And ultimately, that's going to help you reach all your health goals. Because when you're mindful, you're more connected with your body. You're more aware of what kind of things you want to be doing to accomplish your health goals, whether it's regaining your period, losing weight, controlling PCOS symptoms, or just feeling better and having more energy and just going about your day feeling more positive and more in touch with your body. So All of this has to do with mindfulness, and when you gain control of your appetite, when you really start listening to your body, you can really uncover some patterns of your eating, some behaviors around food that may be holding you back and preventing you from reaching those goals. And hunger and appetite control become really important, really meaningful when we're talking about weight management, because so many of us are out of touch with how we feel when we're hungry or how we feel when we're full. And there are a few reasons for that that I'll talk about briefly on today's episode. But if you're looking to manage your weight, managing your appetite is a super important skill to develop because that's essentially gonna help you know exactly when to eat, how much to eat, and you're gonna be communicating with your body throughout the day to really understand what it's telling you and what it needs from you. And oftentimes, this can also help resolve some emotional eating episodes that you may be experiencing right now. So when you really get in touch with your body, when you really understand your hunger and satiety cues, you're going to be able to reveal some emotional eating, some eating that's not based on true hunger that's maybe hindering your efforts to eat healthier and lose the weight. And I think this is a great place to start. So let's talk about what the difference is between head hunger and true physiological hunger, because there is a big difference. And we all experience both types of hunger, right? We all experience emotional-based hunger sometimes, but we definitely also experience true hunger, physiological hunger every single day. That's what the body needs. That's a mechanism that's very well run in our body, and it's going to help us to nourish, right? It's meant to prevent us from dying. So the hunger that we feel throughout the day can be mixed, and sometimes people have a hard time distinguishing between emotional-based hunger. Am I eating because of a thought or a feeling or something that has happened to me that's triggering me to want to gravitate toward food in order to either not experience a negative emotion or not think about something that's unpleasant, this is a very common mechanism and we all have a little bit of emotional eating in us. And of course, the other side of emotional eating is not always negative. There's also the pleasure side of it, right? So seeking out 
celebratory things, seeking out comfort food, wanting to eat cake on your birthday, wanting to indulge in some special, um, we're just coming out of the holiday, so we all indulge in some special holiday foods or things that are meaningful to us around this time of year. And that's perfectly normal and okay. What I'm talking about here is not the occasional eating of a special treat or food, I'm talking about eating emotionally on a daily basis. When someone is using food as the main way of managing their emotions, the main way of making themselves feel soothed, feel better, not feel anxious, that's a pattern that's not healthy. And it's definitely not conducive to being healthy, losing weight, and feeling more energetic and better with your body. It's usually a cycle that leads to more negative feelings and more emotional eating. So I'm talking about regular, daily, consistent emotional eating that's taking place to replace um, dealing with your emotions in a more productive way, which is could be done through journaling, through therapy, through breathing exercises, through self-care, through many different ways. And I've done an episode way back on stress and sleep and supplements re- related to PCOS specifically. I believe it's episode number 11. So you can go back and listen to that. But what I wanted to talk about today is how to really identify if you're someone who deals with emotional eating based on head hunger on a daily basis. So there is, uh, there are a few key differences between head hunger and bodily hunger, which is, of course, biological hunger that's normal, and uh, we want to answer biological hunger with food. What we want to be doing with head hunger is not answer it with food. That's hunger that's not going to be satiated. It's not going to be satisfied by food because it doesn't come from the need for energy to begin with. It comes from uh, the need for emotional relief. So hopefully this makes sense. I'll give you a few pointers so that if you do experience a mix of both, you can more easily identify what type you're experiencing. So generally speaking, head hunger is going to be kind of striking above the neck. So it's something that's going to be I'm going to be thinking about, there's not going to be a whole lot going on in my body. It's more going to be mental. So I'm going to be thinking about something. Maybe I have some racing thoughts about an incident that I had at work or some unpleasant conversations with my spouse or a friend or just a random person, right? Sometimes we go on the road or in the supermarket and we have some unpleasant experiences. It could be something very random and that happens only one time, but it can trigger a lot of negative emotions. So it can trigger stress, it can trigger anxiety, it can trigger feelings of feeling less than, feeling unworthy. Um, All of those things typically happen, of of course, above the neck, right? I'm feeling it in my head, I'm thinking about things, I'm, I'm starting to feel negative emotions around a certain incident. Whereas true physiological hunger, true hunger in your body is gonna be felt more in the stomach. So your stomach's gonna be rumbling, it's gonna be feeling empty. You may feel a little weak or have difficulty concentrating. So these are all signs that you're truly hungry. Whereas with emotional hunger, it's gonna be more mental, more psychological, more thought-based, more feeling-based. The other thing that you can really pay attention to is time. Physiological true hunger is time-related, meaning there's going to be a time that elapsed from the last time that I ate, maybe two, three, four hours. Ideally, your meals should be holding you over for about four hours, and if you're hitting hour number three and your hunger is starting to develop, 
That's normal and that's okay and that's true hunger. Head hunger could come on at any time. And we've all been there where we finished a meal and then we're looking for something within 20 or 30 minutes after that. That's usually not biological. That's not true hunger. That's usually something that's emotional and it could be based on boredom. It could be based on, again, something negative or positive. It doesn't really matter. But the What matters here is that it's not your body telling you that it needs more food. It's your mind telling you to go seek out something for emotional support, for comfort, so or for entertainment, right? So if you're bored, you just need something to do. And a lot of times that's where what I call recreational eating comes in. You're just kind of nibbling and looking for a snack and going back and forth to the pantry and you've just had a meal. So that's not true hunger. That's usually going to be emotional and That's a big hint. So if it's unrelated to time, if it comes on quickly after you ate, first of all, you're going to want to make sure that your meals are well-balanced and nourishing enough to hold you over. And if they are, and you're still hungry, in quotes, after you eat, that's likely more emotional. So head hunger is not going to be related to time. The other thing that you can look for is how quickly things develop. So as I said before, True physiological hunger is going to build gradually. It's going to be happening over time. So if you finished a meal, you should not be thinking about food for about an hour or two, and then maybe you'll start thinking about having a snack over the next hour or so, and then in the fourth hour, you're going to probably need to eat something. So that's normal. It's going to build gradually, whereas head hunger, it comes on quickly. I just snapped my finger. That's how quickly it comes on. So you're going to be thinking about food, wanting to eat food, within few seconds or minutes, that food's already going to be in your mouth. That's usually a big sign of head hunger, that it's more impulsive. And with that, you're going to want a specific food, right? So if it's emotional hunger, we're going to crave a very specific food. Whereas with physical hunger, any food would do. If I'm hungry, I'm happy to go for an apple. But if I'm craving something, if it's more emotional, if I'm impulsive and I need something right now to soothe my negative, my stress or my anxiety or any other negative emotion, I'm going to want that chocolate cake. And that's the only thing that I'm thinking about. And I'm not going to be satisfied until I have it. Do you see the difference here? Head hunger comes on quickly, it's satisfied quickly, and it's very specific. Whereas physiological hunger, it's more gradual. It builds over time. I have time to think about it. I have time to make a choice. I'm really in touch with my body throughout that process. And then the last difference between head hunger and physiological hunger, which is probably the most important, is what happens after. After you eat, when you're eating out of emotional head hunger, you're not satisfied. That negative emotion is likely still there and it may be compounded because now you may feel guilt or shame around eating. You may not still feel like it's resolved. And a lot of times it just makes things a little bit worse. Whereas with physical hunger, when I eat, I'm satisfied, I'm content, and I can move on. That feeling goes away. I'm no longer bothered by my appetite, right? By my hunger. So this is another really big difference where if you're eating emotionally, you're likely going to continue eating, you're not going to feel satisfied, and the choices are just going to get worse and worse, right? If you've ever been in a salty sweet cycle, that's a very common pattern for someone who's eating emotionally. They're starting with something sweet, then they go back to salty and then sweet again, 
And it just keeps going on and on and on because they're never satisfied because truly, to begin with, there wasn't any hunger. We're trying to fix an emotional problem with something that's more physiological, like food. So for sure, food has the ability to soothe and comfort and make us happy. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Again, if this happens to you very infrequently, that's normal and that's okay. You don't really need to change that. I eat cake. I sometimes eat out of boredom. These things happen. I don't think we need to fight them so harshly and eliminate them from our lives completely. That wouldn't be human. But what you do want to look at is how frequently is it really happening? If it's happening on a daily basis, that's likely something that's preventing you from reaching your goals. You can't want to lose weight but then eat emotionally every single day. Those two things cannot work together because emotional eating in its definition is not conducive to healthy eating. No one eats a kale salad emotionally, right? That's not just how things happen. So you wanna be thinking about whether or not your emotions drive your eating decisions. And if it's happening frequently enough where it's becoming a daily or every other day occasion multiple times a week, You probably want to address that from the psychological end of things. You want to maybe start journaling or start to think about breathing exercises, start thinking about mindful practices, doing things in a way that will help you pause before you eat and really think about what you're about to do, asking yourself important questions like, is this supporting my goal or is this holding me back? Or how is this serving me? What kind of result will this provide for me? These are all really important questions to ask yourself. And I always tell people to start by inserting a pause. If you're suspecting that you're a about to eat emotionally, take two or three minutes and don't just go and grab that food. Think about journaling, writing things down, really thinking about asking yourself these questions because oftentimes it can change your behavior for the better. It can help you become more mindful, but it takes practice. It's very hard to become become mindful if you're not taking the time to pause and think. And the purpose of pausing is to help you process your emotions and your thoughts. So this is not something that comes naturally to a lot of people, and that's why practice is important. You want to get in the habit of doing it. You want to get in the habit of sitting there, thinking about your eating behavior, thinking about why am I thinking about this food? What am I really looking for? What is this going to do for me versus what is another thing that I could do that would be more effective? Because I think you and I both know that eating is oftentimes not a good way long-term to resolve emotional issues. It's not a good way to feel better about anything really, right? So it may give us instantaneous pleasure. It may give us some relief in the moment, but then it's very short-lived. It dissipates really quickly, and then we're back to square one and often worse. So inserting that pause, processing your thoughts and emotions, thinking about how this same behavior felt in the past can really start unraveling what's happening. And it can ultimately, as you do this, as you practice and you get better at it, help to change that behavior, help to really make that behavior not desirable anymore, which is what you want. The point is not to resist the craving or the temptation in the moment. It's to, over time, not even go there, not even desire it, not even use it as a go-to mechanism. 
So let's assume that you've discovered that your hunger is true hunger. Congratulations. That's the kind of hunger you want to be answering. That's the kind of hunger that you want to be paying attention to and really addressing with the right type of food and nutrition. And if you've identified that what you're experiencing is true hunger because it's been a while since you ate, things are building up, you're starting to feel your stomach rumbling, there's an emptiness, and you know that you need food... Here's what I want you to do in order to take that further. You need to be able to identify your hunger early on so that it doesn't become an emergency. It doesn't become hunger that's too hard to control because that's oftentimes when we make poor decisions with the type of food that we eat and we also tend to overeat. So when we get overly hungry, we're much more prone to overeating and we're much more prone to picking the wrong foods to nourish ourselves with because those are typically more convenient, easy, and quicker to get our hands on. Now, it could be a little tricky for some women to understand their hunger. And part of the reason for this is that we're used to either overindulging or over-restricting. And if you've ever been on a diet and then off a diet and this yo-yoing and back and forth between healthy eating and not following any type of plan, that can really put us out of touch with our hunger cues. And in the past, I've worked with many women who told me, I'm never hungry. I don't even know what it means to feel hungry. And that could be pretty common. And on the flip side, I've worked with women who said, I'm always hungry. I'm never satisfied. I'm always thinking about food and wanting to eat. So obviously, neither one of those extremes is normal. What we want to do is get back in touch with our hunger and really study it and learn it. And one of the best ways to do this is by using a scale a hunger scale, and I don't really like to use the ones that are zero to 10 or have too many components or different stages that you need to refer back to. I like a more simplified version, and that's why I use a one to five scale, which allows you to understand your hunger in very simple terms. So one being you're very hungry, five being you're very full. Really, everyone should be eating around two when you're just appropriately hungry, Three being you're neutral, you're okay, you're not hungry or full. Four being you're full. And then five being you're overly full, like I said before. So generally speaking, you should be eating when you're around two, which is hungry. Check in with yourself when you're around three and see, do you need to continue eating or are you satisfied? If you're still not satisfied, eat a little bit more until you feel like you're at around four. You never want to be at either one of the extremes. You never want to get too hungry. You never want to get overly full. You want to eat to the point where you're no longer hungry. There's a difference between eating until you're full and eating until you're no longer hungry. Again, that's another thing that takes time and practice. So I don't expect you, if you're just starting to get in touch with your hunger, to really know when to stop eating. But if you're really using this scale appropriately, you're going to be able to check in with yourself a few times during the meal. And hopefully you're eating slowly enough to allow that satiety to build because you do need to eat slowly in order to feel fullness at the right time. The hormone that signals to the brain that we're getting full is sitting way down low in the gut. So you want food to get there in order to trigger that communication between your gut and the brain so that you know that you're starting to get full. When we eat too quickly, we typically overeat past the point of fullness because that communication didn't happen. That hormonal signaling didn't kick in yet because we ate too quickly. We already ate two plates before that food even got to where it needs to go down low in the gut. So hopefully this makes sense, but slowly 
um, eating slowly, slowing down the pace of eating, putting your fork down between bites, taking sips of water. These are all things that are going to extend your meal and it's going to help you feel fuller because when you eat too quickly, again, you're going to go past the four. You get you're going to go way into five or maybe even six, way above your fullness threshold. So you always want to be eating around two, which is hungry. You never want to eat when you're not hungry. That's not a good strategy. That's teaching you to be out of touch with your appetite. You want to eat when you're appropriately hungry, not overly hungry. And again, that should be right around the three to four hour mark after your meal. And then check in with yourself during the meal and see where you are on the hunger scale. If you started at around two, maybe now you're moving into three, and then around four, you should be wrapping up your meal. You should be getting full, you should be feeling satisfied, and you could stop eating at that point. You're going to get better at identifying where you are the more you do this. You always want to keep checking in with yourself, even if it's not during a meal, even if it's during the day. Kind of take take a little pause and see, oh, where am I feeling as far as the hunger scale? Am I getting to a three? Maybe in about an hour, I'll be at a two, so I better plan to eat something at that point. That's going to help you map out your meals for the day, and it's going to help you stay ahead of your appetite so that it doesn't control you. You want to be in control of your appetite. You want to be managing it. You don't want it to be managing you because that's when you end up overeating and being very impulsive and haphazard with your food choices. The other thing you want to be paying close attention to is hydration. Oftentimes, we think we're hungry when we're actually slightly dehydrated and we just need to drink. We just need to replenish our our fluid stores. And we want to be doing this, of course, with mostly water. But if you drink any non-caloric beverages during the day, like seltzer, or if you like herbal teas, that should be okay too. But staying hydrated is a very important part of managing appetite. So always remember that. Try to drink some water, try to see if that's going to help take the edge off, and maybe you can make it to your next meal feeling comfortable if you improve your hydration. I have many women that I work with who have felt cravings in the afternoon and felt the need to eat where really what they needed was to hydrate a little bit better. And once they start doing that, they were comfortable, they were okay, and they realized they don't need as many snacks in the afternoon as they thought they did before. So far, we spoke about three things that are going to help you become more mindful when it comes to your appetite specifically. The first one was to identify the type of hunger that you're experiencing, recognizing what's head hunger, what's physiological hunger. That's a very important step. It's going to really help you get connected with your body and understand what you're feeling a little bit better. Then looking at a hunger scale, again, increasing mindfulness, making you think about where you are quantifying your hunger. That's a very important step of really understanding it as opposed to just eating the same type of an amount of food no matter how you feel. So now you're becoming more objective about it. You're starting to identify the numbers. You're starting to assign more objective measurements to your hunger. And that's ultimately going to help you address the appetite with more appropriate amounts and types of food. And then lastly, thinking about hydration, making sure that you're not going to eat something every time you think about food. And I say this all the time, not every thought about food means that you need to eat. Not every time you think about food or see food is really a time to eat. You need to check in with your body and you need to identify whether it's hunger or not. 
And then maybe you need to improve your hydration and work on that right alongside with understanding your appetite better. So all of these things are going to help you become more mindful. And then, of course, the last part of it that I want to talk about today is paying attention to how different foods make your body feel. Not every food is going to feel the same way in your body. Not every food is going to nourish you and fill you in the same capacity to the same level. So you really want to pay attention to how your body responds to certain food. Maybe a type of breakfast that you had last week wasn't satisfying enough and it caused you to be hungry about an hour after you ate. So you had to eat a second breakfast. A really good example of this is cold cereal. I know many women and many of my clients who struggle when they eat cold cereal. It kind of triggers hunger for the rest of the day for them. So this is just one example that pops into my head right now, but I want you to really become an investigator in your own day. Really look at your food decisions and how they make you feel as far as hunger. You're going to become more mindful and more attentive to your body when you do this. So if you get hungry soon after you eat a certain type of lunch that you get in your office or a certain type of food that you brought from home even, you want to pay attention. You want to note it down and really take that into consideration next time you're about to eat this food. Maybe you need to bulk it up with more protein. Maybe you need to add more vegetables. So that meal could be a good meal, but if it didn't fill you up, you may want to balance it out a little bit further. You may want to enhance it with some more good nutrition and specifically with things that are going to be filling like protein, fiber, and produce. So a big part of being mindful is understanding your own unique body and how food makes you feel. It doesn't matter if a meal is healthy and working for someone else or if you saw it on Instagram or Pinterest and it looks perfect, it may not work for you. You want to become in tune with your body and listen to what it's telling you. If you're not satisfied by a certain combination of food or a certain meal, or maybe the amount wasn't right for you, maybe you need more food. You want to know that and you want to pay attention so that next time you could do better. I hope that the information I shared with you today is going to help you identify the type of hunger that you're experiencing. The hunger scale is going to help you gauge where you are throughout the day so that you can check in with your body, see what your hunger level is, and then answer it appropriately with the right type of food. You want to also consider your hydration. And then, of course, look at specific meals and specific foods throughout the day and make sure that they're as satisfying as they should be, that your meal are holding you over, that you're not becoming excessively hungry between meals, and that you're able to control your appetite instead of it controlling you and dictating your day as far as food choices and behaviors. This is a really important concept. The more you get to know yourself, the better eater you can become. And then you can also be confident when you do decide to eat something just for pleasure or just for fun. That is okay to do. Like I said in the beginning, there's nothing wrong with that. It's perfectly normal. But if you gain the confidence in recognizing your appetite and answering your hunger appropriately, now you can allow yourself to deviate and have some foods just because for emotional reasons or for celebratory reasons here and there, that's not going to really affect you as much as it is if it's happening on a daily basis. So if you become confident, if you recognize your hunger cues well, you're likely not going to get pulled into eating things that make you feel lousy or you're not going to be eating things randomly. You're going to be focusing on eating a good nourishing diet 
staying ahead of your appetite and managing it proactively as opposed to always be feeling like you're catching up to your hunger, prioritizing the foods that you know feel good to you and are going to be satisfying. And when I say feel good, I I mean the foods that are really truly filling and are helping you balance your hormones, lose the weight, reduce PCOS symptoms, and just feel more energetic. Ultimately, all of the things we spoke about today are going to help you become a more mindful eater, develop a stronger connection with your body so you can really understand the cues that it's giving you. And once this happens, healing your body and losing the weight is going to be so much easier. Now, if you're like me and you want someone to hold you accountable, walk you through the steps and help you get to your goals more quickly and more easily, I am taking on a few new clients in January and we may be a good fit for each other. What you can do is book a call with me. It's a free complimentary 15-minute call where we'll talk about your goals. I'll explain how this works, and you can then decide if you want to continue on and work with me in a deeper level. The link to book the call is below. If you just have a question or a comment and you want to reach out to me, I'd be happy to connect with you as well. I'm at Daphna at DaphnaChazen.com. You can shoot me an email or hop on over to Instagram. I'm at PCOS Nutritionist Daphna. I share a lot of free resources, tips, and advice over there. So make sure that you follow me and then write me a DM and make sure that I know you're there and that you're listening to my podcast. I'd be so excited to connect with you. I want to wish you the best of health in the new year and beyond, and I'll see you here again next week, same time, same place. Bye for now.